It's RYOBI days at the Home Depot. Buy a RYOBI OnePlus 2-pack battery starter kit for just 99 bucks and get one of over 20 select RYOBI OnePlus tools up to an $84 value, free. The OnePlus system also fits over 125 other RYOBI tools. So now, going cordless is almost endless. Buy the battery kit, get a free tool. RYOBI days now at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Valid through June 19th, limit one per customer while supplies last. See store for details. Introducing my new $4.99 Spicy Chicken Strips Combo. 100% all-white meat strips with crunchy batter and the perfect kick of spice. The chicken is bigger, tastier, and only $4.99 with fries and a drink. Go get it. Plus tax. Limited time only. Price and participation varies. Three-piece combo with small drink and fries. What is the sanctuary of sweet truth? It is a beacon in a storm of anger, hate, and misinformation. Here the truth is you are free to be yourself and stand by your own moral compass. Live by it. And you can be in the Life's Hall of Fame. The distance, you can run the mile. You can walk straight through hell with a smile. You can be the hero, you get the gold. Breaking all the records they thought never could be broke. Yeah, do it for your people, do it for your pride. You're never gonna know if you never even try. Do it for your country, do it for your name. Cause there's gonna be a day when you're All right. Well, hello, everyone. I am Billy Dees, and I'm here with Sugar Shane. How are you doing today, Sugar Shane? Tired as shit. Tired. Now, I got my ninth day in today of work in a row, and I'm ready to be off for the next three, so I'm looking forward to that. All right. Here in the pre-production meeting, uh, Shane told me, he says, Billy, I'm just going along for the ride tonight. I'm just going... (laughs) (laughs) all right well this is the sanctuary of sweet truth and uh if you're new to the show welcome and uh, we're live here on monday nights at 10 p.m eastern standard time and on thursdays now we are going to switch to 11 p.m eastern standard time and uh, of course you can check us out anytime 24 hours a day if you would like to stream or download the program, we are on Twitter. Real easy to find on Twitter at Sweet Truth Radio. So, getting into uh, what we're going to do here, we're going to recap some of the things we talked about on the on the last podcast, and then I'm going to uh, talk a little bit about tax reform. And uh, you know, that's a subject that. Is really hot right now. A lot of people are talking about it, what's fair and what isn't. And uh, sometimes what seems fair isn't fair. So I'm, I'm just going to give you that little that little teaser there. Anyway, the last time that we uh, had our podcast, Shane, you were talking about the uh, JFK files. Right. In regard to the, uh, of course, the assassination, which happened in, in 1963. And that's one of those occurrences, just like nine eleven. And as a matter of fact, even Pearl Harbor. Every, that's everybody coming up to at, it. Isn't that November? November the eleventh was it? Twenty second. Twenty second. Oh God, I got it way off. I knew it was in November, but I thought it was earlier than that. Twenty second. November twenty second, nineteen sixty three. That is correct. Okay. Um, and I believe, yeah, that was a Friday. That was a Friday, and. Um, Unless I can't imagine that the people out there don't know about that, but. 
President yeah. Kennedy was in a motorcade in Dallas in 1963, and uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, the um, assassin, um, got in a uh, building, and uh, the road kind of est around, I guess, is a good way to put it. I, I'm not sure I can describe it, but it kind of went around a bend through Dealey Plaza, which is an area in Dallas. And uh, Lee Harvey Oswald just got a good angle on him and shot down into the motorcade and uh, hit President Kennedy. He also wounded Governor Conley. And uh, there's been a lot of, you know, things over the years about a conspiracy. And uh, a lot of that was fueled by uh, various pretty wild eyewitness accounts that were dug up over the years. Now, that doesn't surprise me. Now, we've talked about this before, just like with the shooting in, in Las Vegas a few weeks ago. And even with 9-11, there's a lot of reports about explosions happening all over the city and things like that. And <clears throat> this is largely because when you have an urban area, you have tall buildings with hard surfaces. They're either brick or they're glass or whatever. And you have people that are uh, untrained in a very frightening situation. And uh, you have echoes. You have all kinds of things going. So it, to me, it's very understandable how somebody could say they gunshots from here and they came from there and they came from the other place. I mean, that's... Well, when something like that happens, you know, everybody's adrenaline is pumping so fast. Oh, yeah. That you can, yeah. your mind can't reason things out. Just like recently with the Vegas shooting, everybody thought it was fireworks. Because you just, everything's going so quick that you don't really have time to, and that's just like people say that um, you have these mug shots done nowadays, not trying to get into that, but they draw them out. Most of the times, those aren't credible. Because when a yeah. person sees that, they're just going, you know, they really don't remember every little detail. Right. Because it just happens so fast. But yeah, I agree with you. Just uh, is it that. Yeah. Any, any 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 police officer who's ever taken witness statements at an accident will tell you that eyewitness testimony is is very shaky, oh, very yeah. shaky. That's not because people are lying; it's just they perceive things differently. And like you say, it's a, a lot of times a horrible situation. Their mind has to process what's happening around them, and their their senses are on high alert, and uh, things just get crazy. But anyway, there there was an agreement that Congress made about 25 years ago, that a lot of these classified documents were going to be released in 2017. Now, this is um, one of the recent reports that I dug up. This is from CNN, and apparently Trump is, Trump is unhappy because there have been a number of redactions to these records. And here again, according to, uh, to CNN, President Trump wanted more of the documents related to the president john f kennedy's assassination released but the final requests from the agencies uh when they did arrive there wasn't enough time to go through all of the records and what it basically boils down to was there was pro approximately 3100 records and trump agreed to a partial agreement where he would accept the redactions and the law enforcement of, of the law enforcement agencies and release 2800 of those documents. And uh, this, according to a White House official, he was unhappy with the level of redactions, adding that he believed the agencies were not meeting the spirit of the law pertaining to this. Now, this didn't surprise me. 
And I, I know that it's very easy to jump to the conclusion that, well, they're hiding something. But actually, that's not the case. It's just that in matters of national security, a lot of times agencies like the CIA and all these other people, they do not want their methods exposed by releasing a lot of these materials. And in a lot of cases where they unseal documents, you can have family members of key witnesses that are now all of a sudden drawn into the public eye. Now, I don't know if that's the case in this situation, but then you got reporters poking around these people who, you know, they their their father was involved in something 50 years ago. And there was their grandfather in a lot of cases. And all of a sudden now, you know, they're part of the public mix and they never intended to be. And a lot of times this is over facts that really are not that relevant. So it did not surprise me that um, there was a certain level of secrecy around this. And like so many other things, I just wish it was handled differently because now this fuels all the conspiracy nuts. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you got to make it's got to make you wonder what's. I mean, I'm not saying that there is anything in it. Yeah, but it's got to make you wonder what is the other 300 documents they won't release. Yeah, I mean, you got. I mean, anybody. Whether I'm not saying it's conspiracy. I don't know. Right. But it's right. got. But anybody that's a logical thinker. I mean, I'm going to wonder whether it be somebody or whatever the case may be. Whatever you know, I'm not saying anybody else did the shooting or whatever the case. I'm going. I'm, I'm already wondering when you tell me there's 3,100. And they're going to release twenty eight hundred. Why not all thirty one hundred? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Well, like I said, we don't know what's in those documents, and that's that's the thing. You really can't argue the case when you don't know the facts. Right. But, right. Uh, you know, I, my guess is that this is to protect people who are living now that uh, want to live private lives, and they don't want their tactics in terms of how they investigate things to be exposed. I think that's Most that's probably. That, Most that's likely probably. that is true. Most likely yeah. that is the case, because there's plenty of people still alive that were involved in the case. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. or their descendants. Yeah. Yeah. That might have been small children at the time, or or what have you. So, like in I said, another, I wasn't. In another fifty years, they may release the other three hundred. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I would say that that's probably more likely as time, as vast amounts of time start to go by. Um, there's probably going to be more, uh, just like there was with. With Pearl Harbor, there's still a lot of things involving World War II that are classified because of just the, the things we just spoke about. Because you right. don't want people's families, now their descendants, exposed to the covert actions um, that they did during that time. This seems like a new, uh, you know, every, every time there's a, there's a big story, and I'm talking about the uh, sexual harassment charges. Started, I mean, we talked about the, the, the Weinstein case. It seems like every time a big story like this comes out, it just seems like there's a flutter of other ones. And there's been a lot of names tossed around. And here again, we talked about this uh, on our podcast before. But one came up here recently, and this really surprised me. I don't know if you know who he is. But Mark Halperin, do you know who he, he's a political uh, pundit, a political uh, commentary guy? Do you know who he is? Uh, the name sounds familiar. Uh, well, he's a he's a veteran journalist, um, and he's been around a long time. And according to approximately five women, I believe, he sexually harassed women while he was in a powerful position at ABC News. Hmm. And um, 
he he released this statement here again. This is according to CNN. During this period, this is Mark Halperin. During this period, I did pursue relationships with women that I worked with, including some junior to me. I now understand from these accounts that my behavior was inappropriate and caused others pain. For that, I am deeply sorry and I apologize. Under the circumstances, I am going to take a step back from my day-to-day work while I appropri- while I properly deal with this situation. <laughs> so in sure other what- words, he's lawyering up, knows his ass is guilty. That's pretty much what that boils down to. <laughs> I properly deal with this situation. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so in other words, after he said that, he got the lawyer on the line, and he's getting deal, but he knows his ass is grass. I, uh, he, he's done a number of things. He's he's written. Uh, you know, he was involved in a, in a program called the Circus that I that I uh, used to pay attention to, and uh, the Game Change, which was a, a really it, it got turned into an HBO movie, and that was about Sarah Palin. He's done some extensive, really great political stuff, and uh, I'm really shocked. Because I've, I've listened to him. He, he's so laid back and he's so matter of fact. And he just does not strike me as, as the type of individual who's going to be doing stuff like that. Now, he, he denies a lot of these allegations. Uh, some of these women are, are saying that, you know, it's more than just asking them out. He was pretty aggressive in some in some things. Now, he denies some of the specific things that he said, so I'm not going to get into that muck. But right. uh, it, it's a... Uh, it's just an ugly thing. Obviously, something inappropriate happened going by that statement. So, yeah, he's, like I said, uh, I mean, there's a lot of people coming out with that stuff now. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't have thought Bill Cosby was what he what he did. I would have never thought that in a million years. You know, I I, I would say I agree with you. And I, my only caveat to that is that uh, I've known a couple of people that uh, worked in stand up for a long time and they were connected to all those different circuits and everything and there was a lot of little rumors going around him that he wasn't such a nice guy oh, and that was that's been going on for a while and uh of course it's it's on the national scene now but yeah. uh yeah so anyway uh i just wanted to follow up with those two stories because you know that's something that we talked about in our last podcast and uh that's where things are going with that a lot of things going on right now tax reform is a big issue and um, I, 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 he, here's the thing there's a lot of talk about simplifying the tax code making it fair and I don't know how many times I, I've heard people say well all we need is a is a flat tax that everybody pays the same rate and it's real easy all we have to do is fill out our, our tax return on a postcard and send it in it would be that easy and if, if you're new to this show, I, I always am, am very clear about the fact that I am not a an ideologue. I am not an ideologue at all. Okay, I'm not a, a traditional conservative. I probably lean right on a lot of on a lot of things, but I'm not. I'm certainly not a conservative, and I'm certainly not a a, a, a liberal. Uh, I try to be very objective in my analysis. Of, uh, of things, so when I talk about this, I'm going to sound very liberal to a lot of people because that's that's how everything gets painted these days. 
So just to be fair, I want to be clear, both the uh, Republican, Democrat, and conservative and liberal factions, I'll call them, in our country have their little strategies. Okay, for example, right now, the liberal strategy is to paint everything that they disagree with. Well, you're uneducated. Okay, you are a racist. You, um, you know, you, you're somebody who uh, you're privileged. Okay, and that is identity politics. That is what the, the, the weapon that the left is using most often now. And what it does is it puts anybody who disagrees with them on the defensive. And by and large, it works. And that's a shame. So that's my criticism of the lefties. Now, the, uh, the righties, <laughs> I'm going I'm to say this about the people on the right. And he, here's the hook that the right uses. Okay, because this is going to lead into how I'm going to talk about tax reform. Here's the right that the here's the in terms of the right. This is the hook that they use. And that is this. You know, if you work really hard, you can belong to our club. And we have a very special club. We're a very elite club. Okay, and when you become a member of our club, you're not going to want to pay high taxes either. Because all you're doing is supporting all of those ungrateful, lazy peasants. All right. And one of the uh, – I've heard a lot of conservatives say this, and to me it's infuriating. Okay. When I hear a conservative – you know, straighten their little tie and push their glasses up the bridge of their nose and get that little boyish grin on their face and say, you know, I never got a job from anybody on food stamps. Did you <laughs> I really hate that? Because what is what it says is the people on, on, on food stamps, first of all, really aren't worth that much. We just have to tolerate them. And second of all, we have to kneel at the altar of the rich. Because they are the job creators. That's the buzzword that I just love. They are the job creators. Yeah. And what we really need to do is stay out of the rich's way. We don't want to bug them with a lot of taxes and everything. We want the rich to do what they do best, and that is provide jobs. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what's sold. And w- oddly enough, that message resonates with people who turn around and vote against their own best interests. That's what amazes me the most. The people who should not be buying that, buy it. And I, the Rush Limbaugh is another one. I'm not picking on him, but I've heard him say, I, I, I can kind of do a little, a little bit of Rush. You know? My friends, let me take a the rich. Well, the left always wants to stick it to the rich. Stick it to the rich. Well, let me tell you. The top 1% already carry the heaviest tax burden. The 1% is carrying the tax load for everybody else. And they want to get more money out of them. That's, that's the Rush Limbaugh thing. That's his shtick about this. Okay, the, the rich are being picked on because they already carry the heaviest tax burden. Okay, well, why is that? Now, this is where you have to to examine this with a little nuance. In today's 
world, everybody wants to hear a soundbite. Everybody wants to hear a couple of cutesy sentences and say, oh, yeah, I agree with that guy. But you really have to break this down a little bit. Okay, and this is why this is how a fair, quote unquote, fair tax plan is sold to millions upon millions of Americans and they buy into it and it works against them. Okay, this this is how it works. Back in the 1950s and the 1960s, the tax rate on the upper income earners was much higher than it is today. Much, much higher. Okay. Now, here again, there's some nuance to this. There was actually a lot of loopholes and everything else back then, too. But the bottom line is, is the 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 tax rate for the uh, for the really high wage earners was much higher than the, during the 1950s. And during the 1950s and the, and the 60s, here's the deal. Let's say that in a given year. There are so many assets that are taxable moving through the economy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And during the 1950s and the, during the 1960s, roughly 30 to 40% of the general public had their hands on those taxable assets as they were moving through the economy. Okay. So, yes. The the tax burden was spread over a much larger section of the population back then than it is today. That is true. Okay. However, if you go to 2017 and, and we consider there's so many assets and so many taxable resources moving through the economy just like there was – during the 1950s, but the difference is, is only one percent of or two percent of the population have their hands on it. Yeah. Okay, the reason that so it's it's the top one or two percent that's carrying the tax burden is because they're the ones who have all the shit. Yeah, they have all the taxable resources. They're not being picked on, but they have all the taxable resources, so they pay the highest burden of tax. It's that simple, and that's the part that the conservatives leave out. They just want to tell you the rich are already getting soaked. Why will you, Why do you want them to pay more? Don't you want to be fair? Okay, let's let's get back to this notion of fairness. Now, now keep in mind what I said about how <clears throat> fewer and fewer people have their hands on the taxable resources of the country. Just keep that in the back of your mind because we're going to get back to that. How does it end up that way? Well, let's say – let's pick a number like 15%. That's the number I hear a lot. Let's just do 15%. Everybody pays 15%, and that's fair, right? Okay. All right. Yeah. Let's examine that a little bit. Okay, Shane, here we go. We got a guy who's making $60,000 a year. Okay, $60,000 a year. That's not a bad income. No. It's it's pretty good in the Midwest if you're living on the East or West Coast, not so much. But I mean that is that is a decent amount of money. Okay. Now at fifteen percent, that means you're gonna have to pay nine thousand dollars. Now there's more to taxes than all this, but we're just keeping it simple to get the principal across. Okay. Now, nine thousand dollars to somebody who's making sixty thousand dollars a year is a lot of money. Right. Okay. That means you have roughly $51,000 left over, and out of that $51,000, you have to pay a mortgage, which could be anywhere 
between $800, $900, $1,000, $1,200, whatever. Okay, you have a mortgage. You probably have a car payment. You have utilities. If you have children, they have clothes they want. They have school supplies. Maybe they have tuition as they get older. You know, you got a lot going on. You might have house maintenance. You might have other things going on. So after all that, after food and groceries and and gasoline and all those mortgage payments and everything, after a year is up, how much of that $51,000 do you get to keep? Not much, if any. Not much. Not much, if any. That's right. That's right. Now, <clears throat> let's go back that 15% and we have a guy now who's making six million dollars a year and we have a guy who's making six million dollars at 15% he has to pay nine hundred thousand dollars which is almost a million bucks okay so that means he has five million one hundred thousand dollars left oh <laughs> I don't know about you but I can I don't really my, feel sorry for him <laughs> it's not going to change that much <laughs> dollars a year to six million dollars a year but you know what let, let, let's go on with this now let's talk about a mortgage what kind of a mortgage does that guy have he probably does not have a mortgage probably not probably does not have a mortgage does he have a car payment probably, probably not. not probably not uh utilities he probably has and he might have a big house so that might be kind of high uh he may have children's tuition and he's probably sending his kids to yale or harvard or who knows where? So he's probably got some tuition to deal with. And he's probably got some house maintenance. He's got cleaning people and all that coming over. So let's be really generous here. Let's say that his living expenses for a year is $1 million. All right. So that means that he has at the end of the year $4,100,000. Now, what is he going to do with that? He's going to put that in the bank. Right. So now let's go back to the guy who makes sixty thousand dollars a year and he has nothing left over at the end of the year. Okay, let's. Where is he going to be at in ten years? He's going to be exactly where he is. Yeah, yeah. He might make a little bit more, like you know, five, ten thousand at the most if he's lucky. In ten years, the guy who's 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 left over, he's got left over in his pocket, roughly four million dollars. In ten years, what's he going to have? He's going to have $4 million in the bank. And that's why he doesn't have a house payment. That's why he doesn't have a car payment because he could buy he could buy a, a $2.5 million house and barely miss it. Right. And barely miss it. Now, you've got to keep in mind, too. He's not worried about he, Social Security either. But anyway, now, the guy who's making $60,000 a year, his taxes go and fund the federal government. The federal government protects the banks. They, they, they protect the Federal Reserve. That could go on and on with this. Everybody pays for the security of our financial institutions, but who's benefiting from it? <laughs> the guy who's making $6 million. Right. The guy who's benefiting from it. And that is why, okay, when you talk about a, 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 a flat tax, it is a break for the people who have the most yeah, that's why they, they ought to be pushing for it. It, it, is, it is a break for them. So when it gets sold as this is fair, okay, the people who are benefiting most from our financial institutions are investing the least in them. Good point. Okay, when when, when you're middle when the middle class kids go and 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 fight 
in Afghanistan and they join the military, they are serving the security of the people who are doing nothing in this country but letting their interest rates pay them. Okay, so when you when you talk about how unfair the tax code is, this is why. Because this started in the 1980s and kind of went on from there, this idea that we have to give the rich as much money as they can carry because they're the ones who provide jobs. That is a canard. They keep their money, first of all, and when they're, when they're starting a business and they need workers, they're not, they're not approaching this from the idea of they're trying to help people. They're, they're, they want to pay mo- money to people who they have to pay to do shit that's going to make them a profit. Right. And if it's cheaper to do that in China, they'll create jobs in China. Now, there are some good business people out there. I'm not saying there isn't. I know there's a lot of them that really care about their employees, but most of them are small guys. Yeah. The neighborhood coffee shops, the neighborhood bakeries, those are the ones who go to bed worrying about making payroll the next day. Okay, not the corporations. It's the corporations the, running them out of business. Not the CEOs that are making millions of dollars for doing nothing but sitting in an office all day. Okay, now here again, I'm not vilifying the rich. I I believe that's just as wrong. Okay, I don't want a confiscatory tax thing where we're confiscating people's resources. That's not what I'm getting at. All I'm saying is, is when you hear about a fair tax rate, a flat tax rate that's fair for everyone, be very careful of that. Be very careful of where that goes, okay? Because what's fair isn't always what it seems. Yeah, you think the rich people would be pushing for that flat tax? They are. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was about to say they should be. Hell, absolutely. If I was them, that'd be my loophole. And it's sold as a fair tax, as a simple tax. You know, all you, Shane, all you got to do is is here's what you make, here's the tax rate. Here's what you owe. You can send your taxes in on a postcard. Isn't that great? Yeah, yeah really? you just just yeah, screwed yourself. Congratulations. You filled out your taxes on a postcard. Who gives a shit? And the thing about, yeah. okay. and the thing about it is, is I'm not really coming out any better on the deal. I'm yeah. pretty much in the same damn boat as when I started. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I I, I don't know what your reaction to this is because I I I, I, every every time I get into this, people they they butt me on this. They say this isn't true, but but oh, it is true. You just gave the damn math for it. If you had fifteen percent all the way across the board, fifteen percent, fifteen percent. It don't matter who you are. It don't make a damn if you're Tom, Dick, or Harry. And what has happened now since the 1980s, over the last 40 years or so, this this the uh, this idea of fairness, this idea that the rich should pay less, has been sold to the mainstream American public, and the mainstream American public has bought into it, largely on the basis of they feel that if if they work hard and they become successful, they're just going to pay more to taxes, and this idea that they're carrying the freeloaders is something that really works. Okay, because it, it and it's not like that. 
Okay, it is absolutely not like that. It is true that we have an enormous percentage of, of our population that is uh, living on entitlements. That is very, very true. But what they don't tell you is most of them have earned it by retirement and Social Security and everything else. It's not money that's just been given away. Yeah, what are you supposed to do with them? Just quit giving them damn Social Security? <laughs> well, damn, what the hell are they supposed to do? Just work till they're 95, 100 damn years old? That's right. This idea that we have a free, a large freeloading segment of our society that we just have to carry along, and it's sold. It's sold to the mainstream public. You're the ones. You're you're the ones who's supporting all those freeloaders. That's why we want a fair tax code. We want a simple tax code. Yes, it's sold under that premise, but it's really benefiting, benefiting the highest wage earners. Now, with that being said. I do agree with certain members in, in in government right now talking about lowering the corporate tax rate um, for our corporations to be able to compete internationally. A lot of times the the tax rate for American company to stay in the United States is, is like double or triple the tax rate that it would be in any other country. All right. It's, it's as high as 35 percent in some situations. Now, I agree that has to be lowered. However, I, I I would add the stipulation that you have to meet certain requirements. I would like to have the corporate tax rate much lower on, lo- on large corporations, providing so uh, a very large percentage of their workforce is employed in the United States, for example. Uh, they have a very high rate of providing insurance and benefits. To their employees and providing we go down a whole list of things like that yes i would like the corporate tax rate in the united states to be much lower than what it is well i think it right? should be, i think it should be something like <clears throat> um maybe a reward program to the corporations that do provide better jo- more jobs to this here in the, in the country yeah you need an incentive program absolutely yeah an incentive program yeah that's what i'm looking that's the word i'm looking for something like that that would give the corporations a reason to keep jobs here and things right. like that. And then and why not? And you would have – we would we would have more jobs here if you would cut taxes on the corporations. Yes. Because they would have a reason to do it. Right. I mean if, if you're going to tax them to death, of course they're going to find a way to make some more money and to, and, and to make that and make jobs elsewhere if you're not going to help them out here. Yeah. That's just good business. I hate to say yeah. it that way, but that's what it is. Right. Now, getting back to the to the tax rate, um, I do believe that some sort of a graduated tax rate is necessary. And, and what I mean by that is at the higher up the scale you go, you pay a higher rate. Now, with that being said, I don't want it to be something that punishes the rich. I do. I don't want to get into an area of, of a social socialistic type thing where we're confiscating high earnings. That's not absolutely not the way to go. What I am saying is, and I've heard some people talk about this, that a, that a flat rate overall, like I just described with the 15%, won't work for all the reasons that I talked about. There's a lot of very reasonable conservatives in government that are saying that. But rather than have a complicated uh, graduated tax plan, have a step uh, graduated tax plan where maybe you have a 15% rate for certain wage earners and as you go up, you know, it jumps up to maybe 30 and then like three or four steps. You know, on up to, you know, six figures on up from there. You know, that would be something that is probably worth examining. You know, have that simplified to where you don't have, 
you know, a phone book worth of rules to go through to figure out what somebody owes in their taxes. I agree that's that's too much. But if we could come up with a simplified tax plan that is graduated, where it does reflect a graduated tax plan where people who make the least amount pay the least amount of taxes and then on up the ladder, I, I believe that that's something that is workable. I would be for a simplified graduated tax plan. I would be okay with that. And I don't know what your opinion is about that, but that's what I would do. Well, I think if you make the least, you should pay the least. Because why should you, like you was talking about the $60,000 and 9000 going to taxes, why would I want to work my ass off all damn year and have little to show for it? Yeah. I mean, maybe I don't have a, a Harvard degree, which I don't. And I don't make the big money that whatever makes. Should I yeah. be punished and have to pay a good sizable chunk of my income and what he's paying is a drop in a damn bucket. Yeah. And you got to keep in mind, too, that, yes, there are people who have come from nothing and gotten a, a really good education like you're talking about. But right. a, lot of, a lot of these people in the top 1%, this money has been in, in, three, in generations. Oh, yeah, passed down. Yeah. The, 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 you know, Trump is a perfect example of that. A very good example. Yeah, a perfect example. Never worked a day in his life. For the most part, you're right. I mean, not that I know of. I mean, yeah. I mean – He's lived with a silver spoon in his mouth under his daddy to his daddy thought he was old enough and gave him that money to go out on his own. That's exactly right. And, so, and, and these people, and here again, I'm not picking on Trump, just objectively speaking, this idea that he came from nothing and he is, is a revolutionary businessman, no. that is total BS. Yeah, that's okay? BS. He, all he did was inherit a ton of money. He learned what he learned from his father, and he manipulated real estate in Manhattan, which during the 1970s and during the 1980s, a lot of people did. He just branded himself in a way that he got very famous. Putting him in the same breath as Henry Ford or Steve Jobs or Bill Gates or any of those people who not only transformed the economy, but they transformed our society. Putting him in that same breath is total bullshit. Yeah, it I is agree. absolutely total bullshit. Yeah, you can't put him even in the same breath. You're right. There's no comparison to him and uh, Henry Henry Ford. No, yeah. no comparison. And the thing about it is, those people did come from nothing. Absolutely right, and they did revolutionary things. Absolutely. Steve Jobs started Apple, and I can't remember the guy he was with, but out of yep. garage in the house. Yep. yep. I mean, where, I mean, t- t- I don't even know if he had a garage. If he did, he, I mean, he probably, you know, I mean, if he did, it was flop fancier than the one they probably worked in. So I yep. mean, yeah. No. Like I said, if he's ever worked a day in his life, it was probably some voluntary deal for cameras where he could flip burgers for 10 minutes and get caught with film, you know, so they could get his picture. I've never seen him work. Yeah. Not a real job. I'm not saying what he's done ain't, you know, made money. That's not what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's made money. Right. But but to say that he's a self-made millionaire or whatever the case may be and that he done it all on his own while he started from wearing rags to riches is bullshit. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yeah. But uh, I don't know what to do about taxes, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you gave me some. I've heard the flat tax all my life. Yeah. Or a good a good bit of it anyway, especially in the last 15 years. Yeah. And uh, didn't know where I stood on it completely. But you brought a lot of light to that because that does make damn sense. You'd be giving the rich people a tax cut by doing <laughs> a flat tax. Yeah. So why wouldn't they be all for it? Sure. And, uh, 
And you're right when you said that about entitlement. Yeah, there are a lot of people in this country that live on entitlement. Some of us welfare, some of us whatnot. But a lot of that's Social Security. Yeah. Medicaid. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And you've got to help these people. I mean, we can't work. I mean, if you keep pushing the age on retirement, they won't no damn sense in being a retirement. I mean, what's it up to now? What's retirement? Oh, boy, man, it's way in the 60s, and they're talking about 70-something. Yeah. I mean, by the time I get my damn... Some people ain't even going to live that long. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. By the time I get my damn retirement, retirement age is going to be 80. I'll probably get it and die the first day. (laughs) What the hell is the damn point? That's, that'll be my luck. I'll go to, I'll get up and say, hey, everybody, I got my social security, and croak. Right. That'll be it. Right. You know, and, 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 and that's what it all boils down to. I mean, you know, getting back to what I said about the, the guy who's making $60,000 a year, $9,000 is a lot of money to him. I mean, that, that's the difference between buying a new car and not buying a new car. That's the difference between where to send his kids to school. That's the difference between, you know, getting your kitchen remodeled that year or waiting till the next year. That's a lot of money. Right. Okay. And the guy who's making $6 million, like I said, I can get by on $5 million just as easy as I can get by on six. And it's here again, this isn't about taking, you know, a, a – a, 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 an amount that's unfair, but this money that sits in banks and, 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 and gains interest, or it's money that you can invest in other things. You can take this, this, this pot of money that you have and you can invest it in other things. You can make that money work for you. Those are the taxable resources that I'm talking about that are moving through the economy that only one or two percent of the people have their hands on. It's not picking on them. Well, here's it is I, not picking on them. Well, here's where I come from on that issue. The picking on shit. Here's where I stand on that issue. Look, you're an American citizen. You're in this country. Whether you was born poor and got rich, or you was money handed down to you, or you went to the bathroom and pulled it out of your ass, I don't care. You've got this money. You make a lot of money. Whatever the case may be, it is your duty as an American citizen to be able to help those that are less fortunate than you. Absolutely. And still have some damn money to go out and do whatever the hell you want to do with it and still be living a hell of a lot better than the rest of us. Oh, yeah. And we're not talking about altering the life of the super rich. No. They're they're still going to have their three houses. They're still going to have their house in Boca Raton. They're still going to have their fancy cars. They're still going to have all this other stuff. They're still going to have a ton of money in the bank that's working for them. They're still going to have all those things. We just want them to kick in the amount that's relative to the amount of money that's out there working for them that is reflected in other ways of their overall wealth. That is what a graduated tax plan is. It is not picking on people like you know these conservatives say the the wealthy one percent already pay old to carry the heaviest tax burden yeah they carry the heaviest tax burden because they have the most benefits right they have all the taxable resources and what gets me is the ones that's defending this shit most of the ones you hear defending this are the ones that's making sixty thousand dollars a year yeah, exa- that's exactly that the they're, sold that, they're sold that bill of goods and they buy it all the time. That's why they vote those people in. They I mean, buy it all the time. This idea about fairness and about idea that you are already helping all the freeloaders. And when you become really rich and you re- become really successful, you're going to be a member of our club and you're not going to want to pay those taxes. That is they buy into it every single time. 
Yep. They buy into it every single time. And that's the ones, yeah. yeah. Yep. I don't know, man. I tell you, I mean, I don't know what we're going to do as far as taxes go. I mean, I guess that was they passed that bill. They ain't passed that bill, have they? Flat tax. No, no, no. Oh, no, okay. no. They're, they're about to go under a. Um, uh, a big budget fight here um, in terms of the tax plan. Um, well, hell, Donald Trump was tweeting today the budget got passed. I'm, I'm not sure what what, what that was about. Um, there might have been a budget, something gone through, but tax reform has is, is a very complicated thing. Tax reform is a very complicated thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't, like I said, I take his tweets with a damn grain of salt. It just popped up on my phone. They said he tweeted it, you know. Yeah, uh, a, a given budget is one thing. This is about reforming uh, the tax code, and that's got a long way to go, and there's a lot of nuance to this. And, and what I said, you know, I, I mean, that's an example, but it's, it's very much a nutshell. It's very much a snapshot of what needs to be done. Right. And, uh, and, and there's a lot of arguments you know, f- for different things, uh, one way or the other, that that need to be examined. But uh, I, I, I'm really, and that's really the the essence of what I wanted to talk about here today in our final moment. That it is complicated, and you do have to spend some time with this. And and we're in an area of our society right now. We're at a time where people do not want to take the time. No, they don't. Want the to tax code is not is not cannot be explained in a soundbite. No, you know. And, and and don't 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 go with what sounds good or what sounds fair because a lot of times what sounds fair isn't. That's my message for today. That was a good time. We got fifteen seconds left. You got anything to add? <laughs> that was a good show. I enjoyed it. That taught me a lot. It opened my eyes to a couple of things. All right. With that being said, we'll be back Monday night at ten, and we'll have another show for you. Appreciate you listening. You'll do it right to get your hands on tools you can count on and at lower prices. Lowe's does it right, too, with savings during Craftsman Days. Hurry in and take advantage of great deals, like a Craftsman 20-volt Max 4-Tool Combo Kit featuring a drill, impact driver, reciprocating saw, and task light for just $149. And pick up a 17-inch gas string trimmer for only $129. Whatever projects are on your list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 6.5 U.S. only. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.